What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, yes, it is now time. Once again, we're getting back into the best albums of 1991. We are into the top 20 now. So the next two episodes are going to be of exceptional quality. I'd like to think that you out there think that the entire countdown has been quality, but this is where it gets super real. The top 20 albums of 1991. We're going to go through albums 20 through 11 on this particular episode, of course, because it is Rock Strikes 10. And we're going to kick things off with the number 20 album. This is an album I've been around for about 20 years instead of 30. I did not buy this when it came out. I was not even aware of this band when it came out. But around sometime in the early 2000s, my good buddy Logan, who just had a birthday, so on the show officially, happy belated, I went out to his little birthday party and uh, had a great time catching up with my dear, dear brother Logan. But yes, so painting a picture of this and my journey with this album, Early on, early 2000s, working at CD Warehouse, Logan's the manager, I'm the assistant manager, I am the Padawan, he is the Jedi Knight. And, you know, I'm really getting into the Swedish bands, you know, especially the punk rock, you know, trash rock, glam rock, whatever. Anything out of Sweden that has an electric guitar in their hands, I'm pretty much all in. So it's like hives, and we got into Refused real big, but they had just broken up. But then some of them went on to do International Noise Conspiracy, so I was super rockin'. The INC records and the Hives records. And then all of a sudden, one day, Logan was like, you really should check out this band, Nation of Ulysses. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, who's that? He's like, if you like the Hives and you like INC, you're going to really like this band. So he showed up with the CD, I think, the next day. Or maybe it had come in the store, and that's what sparked the conversation. But regardless, he put it on. I was like, oh, this is great. So I immediately ordered my own copy or bought the used copy that had shown up. I'm not sure what happened with that. But I do own the CD now. I bought it at that point under his recommendation. Usually never steered me wrong at all. So even with no 91 nostalgia, this has about 20-year-old nostalgia. Good enough to make it into the number 20 slot of the top albums of 1991 debut full length coming in hot and continuing on the great tradition of east coast hardcore punk rock music uh, with a political agenda but i love it and what's not to love about this record you know came out officially july 1st 1991 produced by the great ian mckay so just tons of greatness involved with this album here's a little snack for you to chew on in order for you to go order your own copy from the album 13 point program to destroy america this is the nation of ulysses 
with the song You're My Miss Washington, D.C. Turn it up. Kicking off the show here in fine fashion and starting off the top 20 albums of 1991 with a bang. That was You're My Miss Washington, D.C. by The Nation of Ulysses from their album 13 Point Plan to Destroy America. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving on to number 19. Here's another album that I did not buy upon its initial release. And I didn't really have my moment of getting into this band, full disclosure, until about almost a decade ago. Sometime in the early 2010s and their album Target Earth. I finally got it, and I finally became a fan of Voivod, mostly just because I never gave him a proper chance. But man, I wish I had now. Listening to these albums have been super rewarding. Voivod, super cool band. People don't talk about Voivod, but they should. I was guilty myself, but now I am preaching the gospel. Voivod, one of Canada's finest bands of all time, just really has an original sound. It's it's a hybrid of different styles, mostly thrash, heavy metal, prog, that kind of stuff. So this album they put out in 1991, specifically on November 12th of 1991, their album called Angel Rat, co-produced by Steve Sinclair and Terry Brown. Terry Brown was a longtime Rush producer. That's how I knew that name. I think he did like their first... Like 10 albums, I want to say. Uh, sometime around like their first or second album all the way up until like the early 80s or something like that. But yes, Terry Brown, Rush producer. So there's your Canada connection once again. But yeah, this album, Angel Rat, super cool. Like I said, get into some Voivod. If you're into metal, if you're into prog, whatever, just heavy music. It's got good arrangements. 
you know. And uh, currently my favorite song on this album, we're going to play for you right now here to represent the number 19th album of 1991. Once again, Voivod, and this is Clouds in My House.
right, Voivod right there, Clouds in My House from their album Angel Rat from 1991, the number 19 album of 1991. I got a feeling if I had been into that at the time, probably would have done even better on this countdown, but I especially stand by these 20 records here that I'm showcasing over these next two episodes. All high-quality records, and must-owns in my opinion. So, moving on to the number 18 album. I remember when this album came out. I like to call this a Z-Rock favorite. Uh, I was a child of Z-Rock, and to this day, if Dangerous Darren is on Sirius XM, I make sure I stay tuned to his shift. So, you know, just to get that Z-Rock feel back again. Because I miss it terribly. It should be a thing again. And a lot of the taste that I show in this countdown definitely is reflective of my Z-Rock fandom and history. But yes, Shotgun Messiah's second album, Second Coming, in case you didn't know it was their sophomore album, they called it Second Coming, came out on October 22nd, 1991, co-produced by the band. And it says here, you know, like I said, I said it was going through the wiki, but uh, just to get some of the details and that way I didn't have to get out all the CDs and records here. But it says it was recorded at the Fortress Studios. I wonder if that's the same Fortress Studios in Los Angeles where Kiss did Hot in the Shade. If they did, it's like a super small studio. It's like really hard to move around in. And yeah, anyway. But uh, man, produced a great album here. Second Coming, Shotgun Messiah. If you're a fan of, you know, whatever you want to call it, heavy glam, heavy metal, heavy glam, sunset strip rock, whatever, this is the album for you. It really is kind of one of the last gasp albums before grunge took over and actually did pretty decently. Got some decent radio play, at least from what I remember, it got decent radio play. And I, you know, I love the whole record, but I feel like the the song that it's known for the most, the single, it's so undeniable. I feel like it wouldn't be a proper retrospective of 1991 if I didn't at least include some of these obvious songs. And I gotta go with this one here. So turn it up if it's your first time or if it's your thousandth time. It's still great. This is Heartbreak Boulevard.
All right. Kicking around there on Heartbreak Strip, Heartbreak Boulevard, by Shotgun Messiah from the Second Coming Record, the number 18 album of 1991. Go check it out if you haven't already. Interesting postscripts to Shotgun Messiah's career as that band. Uh, Harry Cody and Tim Skold actually kept working you know, with other outfits. Two completely different yet polarizing musicians right here. Uh, so Tim Skold went on to work with Marilyn Manson, which at the time was very big for his resume. Maybe not so much now. But at that point, I remember he worked on a handful of records, and I liked those records that he worked on with Manson in the late 2000s. At the time, I, I really dug them. Uh, but yeah, so and that, and Harry Cody, the guitar player, went on to play, I think, on at least a handful of records, and maybe even toured with Tom Waits. So yeah, who'd have thought the guitar player from Shotgun Messiah would wind up playing guitar for Tom Waits. All right, moving on here to the number 17 album of 1991 here on Rock Strikes 10. This band right here on their fourth studio album here in 1991. It came out March 25th, 1991 to be exact. The big breakout album for Brazilian thrash metal superstars Sepultura. This is when they came into focus for me, of course, getting some spins on the Headbangers Ball, you know, seeing the Dead Embryonic Cells video quite a bit and being like, man, these guys are definitely the Brazilian answer to Slayer. And it's as simple as that, but that was a pretty good handshake for me at the time. So I, was, I remember liking them. And I did buy a Rise when it came out. I really liked KSAD when it came out. So I'm sure once that record shows up here in one of these countdowns, it'll do very well. But until then, yes, I'm going to play one of the other obvious songs here. I'm going to play said song just because it is really a thrash classic at this point. And if you've never heard it, you really should. So here you go, from the Arise album, this is Sepultura with Dead Embryonic Cells.
dead embryonic cells right there by Sepultura from their album Arise. Killer stuff right there. Now we're definitely moving on to something completely different with number 16 and the one that follows this. I've mentioned on pretty much every part of this 1991 album's countdown, the top 60 here, that 1991 for me was the last gasp in a banner year for hip-hop music and rap music. And the full-length albums that they would put out were actually really good albums that you would want to own if you were into it. Uh, And it was never that good ever again. So to me, 1991 is the death knell of the full-length rap album. And uh, all the ones on here you could put together on a playlist and just be like, man, this is where it's at. Like what Chris Rock would say, you could defend this as art, you know. And nowadays, man, at least on the mainstream tip, it is not like that at all. Hip-hop is terrible now and has been for a long time. But, like I said, going all the way back to 1991, back 30 years ago, man, it was a beautiful thing. It really was. There was so much creativity and variety. Very key. Very key for any genre to stay healthy. And look no further for variety than a band like A Tribe Called Quest. Put them in the category and file of bands that had better second albums. And to me, this is better by a mile. I mean, nothing against the first album you know, had those moments of greatness, but the second album, Low End Theory, that's where it all came together. Came out September 24th, 1991, produced by the band and Skef Anselm. And this is a classic hip-hop album. If you go look at all the uh, different lists and whatnot, you know, magazines, the, the source and all those kind of things, you will see this album really high up on the list. I've even seen some lists have it as the number one hip-hop album of all time. The Low End Theory is uh, definitely a must-own in my opinion. It's great. I remember the one that got the most play. It almost seemed like a bonus track because it was at the end of the album and it was kind of a group guest rap-off a scenario. Scenario is huge. Uh, Check the Rhyme is great. Uh, a lot of fun stuff on here. I'm going to go deep on this one, because why not? Uh, so yeah, to represent the low-end theory, here is a tribe called Quest, and a warning tale, if you will, about show business. Let me tell you about the snakes, the fakes, the lies, the highs, and all of these industry shing-dings. Will you see the pretty girls in the high animated world? Take it for a rapper with all the dough. If you take a shit, they want to know. And if you're gonna fall, they won't be around, y'all. So you still wanna do the show business? And you think that you got what it takes? I mean, you really gotta rap and be all that. And prepare yourself for the breaks. Check it out. Do you wanna be in the business? The business. The ups and downs with the whole The business. Getting fun and on at shows. The business. People gotta stick their nose. In the Yo, I gotta speak on the cesspool. It's the rap industry and it ain't that cool. Only if you're on stage, but if you're speaking to your people, ain't no one you're equal, especially on the industry side. Don't let the games just glide right through your fingers. You gotta know the deal, so Lord Jamal speak because we're giving you the business and putting on a show. You're a million dollar man that ain't got no dough, but you gotta hope. Tickets backstage to a show. Sedated, and at that fact, they laid it. Time passing, your ass say, Where's my loot? The reply is a kick in the ass from a leg in a boot. All you wanna do is taste the fruit, but in the back to make a fruit juice. You ask for slack and wanna get cut loose from the label, not able, cause you sign at the table for a pretty cash advance. Now they got a song and dance that you didn't recoup. More soup with your meal, cause this is the real when you get a record deal. And I say, Oh, shucks. 
Look what the cat hauled in. It's five dog from a drop called Quest. Let me begin like Chuck D. I got so much trouble on my mind about these no-talent artists getting signed. They can't rhyme. And if that ain't bad, you got bootleg. It's going out like suckers. Motherfuckers, feel it's time that I let loose the lion. And if not that, then I'll commence the head flying. Seems you're 91, everybody wanna rhyme. And then you go and sell my tape for only $5.99. Please, nigga, I work too hard for this. No more will I take the booty end of the stick. Bogus brothers making albums when they know they can't hack it. Cause they lyrics display like eight ball jackets. Now tell me I can't tear it up. Go get yourself some toilet paper cause your lyrics is butt. Do you wanna be in the business? The business. can't walk straight line. In the Some business. of these brothers can't rhyme. In the business. Hey yo, I'm trying to get mine. The, the party scene is cool, but then again, it's all the same. You see the same faces, but at different places. When you're up and riding high, everything is pousy pousy. Get a million pounds and all the skins give you hugs. Well, that's cool, I can dig it. It really ain't my bad, prefer the max on the side. I let my pants sag. Oh, he's a cutie. Yeah, real cute, but I wasn't that cute when I didn't have no loot. Although I hit a pound of herbs, I'm still nice with the verbs. So fuck what you heard. The born cypher cypher master makes me think much faster. But critics still continue to plaster my name and discredit my fame. All that shit is game. And I don't really give a damn. Eat from the tree of life and throw away the verbal ham. Well, excuse me. I gotta add my two cents in. Don't be alarmed. The rhyme was condensed in a matter of minutes. So it must be told. All that glitter's not gold. Everybody wants a deal. Help me make a demo. See my name in bright lights. Ride around in a limo. My mom keeps beefing. Boy, get a job. But I want to make jams. Damn, I know I'll slam. Huh. Well, it's not that easy. You got to get a label that's willing and able to market and promote. And you better hope. For what? That the product is dope. Take it for diamond. It's like mountain climbing. When it comes to rhyming, you got to put your timing. Get a good lawyer so problems won't pile. You don't want to make a pitch that's wild. Right, show business right there by De La Soul. I could do a whole show business episode. I really should at some point. So let's jot that one down for future reference. B.S. A Tribe Called Quest from the album The Low End Theory. Go get that record. And another record you should get, you'll definitely have to buy the physical because this is actually kind of a hard-to-get out-of-print record. It's not even streaming anywhere. I heard that legalities have kept this from, you know, being around nowadays for the kids. But once that gets settled, man... A lot of people are going to discover this and be like, wow, this is a crazy record. And staying on the hip-hop level right here with De La Soul. Yes, that De La Soul that you probably heard for the first time in the late 80s with that fun video and song, Me, Myself, and I. And yeah, that first album is killer, man. Three Feet High and Rising, great. Uh, A Sampler's Paradise, Prince Paul and the Band, just a killer production. And no different here on the second. This is definitely their Paul's Boutique, as I like to say. You know, they had the successful mainstream first album, and then they went super deep and artsy on the second album. And it's interesting because they could see even in their own industry and in their circle of friends, you know, things like this, like people really starting to turn against them as far as like, oh, you guys are just like a bunch of hippies, man. You know, like you're not hard or anything like that. So this is them basically like giving into it, but also rebelling against that kind of thought 
So it's really interesting how they kind of cell phone everything about themselves, for better or worse, on this album. De La Soul is dead. And uh, it's I talked about the ones that have the skits in there, so you follow some skits here and there, and there's songs in between them. And it's, it's an interesting journey into the genre and into the psyche of where this band was at when they were considered not to be cool at all, hardly. Uh, but yeah, really neat. I think you should check it out. So coming in here at number 15... From the De La Soul is Dead record, this is a roller skating jam named Saturdays.
whether you're into roller disco or not, and not that that's going to pop up too many times on Rock Strikes 10, I hope you got some nostalgic feels out of that one. A roller skating jam named Saturdays by De La Soul from the De La Soul's Dead Record, the number 15 album of 1991. Taking a highway from New York all the way over to Chicago with the next one right here, the number 14 album of 1991, was another sophomore album. Uh, by a band that also had a, a great look, you know, in the late 80s on MTV, much like De La Soul did, and uh, had two huge songs on it, you know, at the dawn of the 90s, you know, with Fly High Michelle, and of course, New Thing, Enough's Enough, put out their second album, Strength, officially on March 26, 1991, hey, that's Chris's birthday, the C of C and J, let's see, 1991, Chris would have been turning... 11 years old at that point. So yeah, I was 12. I should know that because there's a year difference there. So yes, when Chris of cnjradio.com turned 11 years old, Enough's Enough put out this really killer record called Strength, and they were poised to be really a big rock band. You know, even with all the glam stuff and everything, reviews coming in for their albums, like, you know, you don't really see the word Poison or Bon Jovi or whatever attached to reviews of theirs. You always hear Cheap Trick, Van Halen, the Raspberries, Slade, and that's really what made Enough's Enough stick out. And, you know, it seemed like even the harshest of critics didn't hate Enough's Enough, so don't understand. I guess the payola just was not there on Atlantic or Atco Records. I think they were Atco, uh, you know, for this band. It's a, it's a damn shame, you know. I recently found a YouTube clip of them playing this next song on Late Night with David Letterman, which is awesome. Uh, so go check that out. Until then, here's the studio version. And another obvious single if you're a fan, but if you're not a fan or just not into them yet, then this is a really great handshake into the catalog of Enough's Enough. So here you go. A hard power pop classic in my ears. This is Baby Loves You.
Enough's Enough right there with Baby Loves You from their album Strength, the number 14 album of 1991, an album that should have been bigger. This next one might have been a little too big. (laughs) Uh, Probably, not probably, the most successful album of 1991. To this day, it still sells tons of records every day, every month, every year. It's going to sell forever. It's just one of those albums. And, you know, of course, I was definitely all about it at the time. In retrospect, I was like, uh, it's pretty good still. I like it. I did recently listen to a remaster of this for the anniversary on a really good stereo. And if you can find, a, you know, a nice remastered copy. There's even actually, honestly, a good version of this on Spotify. There's like a immersed Spotify version. And even that on a good listening center or great headphones is really going to give you a fresh take on the Black Album, or officially just Metallica by Metallica, which came out August 12th, 1991. One of the most anticipated albums of my lifetime on top of that. Uh, Huge, huge stuff. Of course, uh, produced by Bob Rock and co-produced by James and Lars and Metallica. I like more of this album than I don't like. You know, at worst, there's some just kind of fillerish songs. There's nothing on this album I just absolutely hate. Yeah, maybe Don't Tread on Me is a pretty stupid song, but, you know, even the arrangement on that's good. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I still mark out for Sabatru. Sabatru is an all-time jam for me. And I, I'm going to resist playing Sabatru because I, I feel it is massively overplayed. But it is like a You Shook Me All Night Long. Still dig it. Still air drum to it. But let's go with this one right here. A little deep favorite of mine. Uh, when I had my cassette copy, this was the kickoff song for Side 2. So let's go with this one right here. A nice quick little scorcher. This is Through the Never. Never, ever was, will be 
Alright, some Mighty Met, some Mandatory Metallica, Through the Never, from the Black Album, although officially called Metallica. Yes. None more black. Okay. Alright, album number 12, the number 12th album of 1991, staying in the land of San Francisco for this one right here, Friends of Metallica's, and of course, the leader, bass player, and lead singer uh, once famously auditioned to replace Cliff Burton. Yes, I'm talking about Primus. Their second studio album, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, came out May 14th, 1991. I would definitely have to say this is their best overall album. Like, Pork Soda's just under that for me. And I actually really like Antipop. I think that one was massively unappreciated and should get some due. But yes, Sailing the Seas of Cheese is the standard bearer for the Primus catalog. And it comes in here at number 12 of 1991. I love this album, so further proof that this is a really strong list right here. I could have gone with most songs on here, but I'm going to go with this one because this was, I, I got to say, this was probably the first Primus song I ever heard uh, because I was definitely a little late in actually picking up the album in full. Uh, but, of course, once again, we're going to revisit this. Yes, I did have the Bill & Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack, and this song was included on it, which I believe these albums kind of came out at the same time. I'm not sure which one came first. My facts here says May 14th for Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And Bogus Journey, I think, may have come out around the same time or maybe a little bit later. I'm not sure. But regardless, we're going to get into it right here. Let's just say officially the first Primus song I ever heard. And of course includes co-vocals from the mighty, iconic, and aforementioned Tom Waits. This is Tommy the Cat. Made away in the cells of the alleyway, but most of their young habits were known to hang out. They hung out in rows, 
Do you wanna lay down with me? Say the Do you wanna lay down by my side? Do you wanna lay down with me? Say the do you wanna lay down with me? Say, Pepper, do you wanna lay down by my side? Baby, do you wanna lay down with me? Say, Pepper, say, Pepper! And I remember the video for this pretty distinctly. I haven't seen it in a long time, but what I do know about it, it's like a black and white video. It's got some cat animation to go with it. And I don't think it's Les playing the bartender. I think it's just some actor guy. I can't remember. He might be in disguise. But if you love that bass solo in the middle there like I do, then the great thing about that video is the bonus is actually shows him playing that and how he does it. It's so weird. So check it out just for that reason. But there you go. Tommy the Cat by Primus. Of course, guest starring Tom Waits there as the voice of Tommy the Cat. How great is that? And Tom would show up again, yes, on the Antipop record, doing a straight-up duet with them called Coattails of a Dead Man. Go check that out as well. It's kind of a sequel here. But yes, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, number 12 album of 1991. We have one more to go here on this particular episode before we get to the top 10. But of course, before that, we need to play Something from the number 11 album of 1991. One of the most important and one of my favorite musical acts of all time put out their fourth studio album on October 1st, 1991. Talking about Public Enemy, yes. Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black. The first four albums, people say the first three if you're a critic, but I say first four albums of Public Enemy are absolutely 100% essential. You should definitely have them in your catalog. They're all great. And this is, you know, I would definitely say creatively this was the end of the era for the great run of Public Enemy. I still support them and I still check out their records, but first four solid, Apocalypse 91, great note to go out on. There was, of course, so much for them to talk about. Uh, But right here, this one's kind of like one of those heavy Chug D solo tracks on the album. And if you're bigger on Public Enemy via, you know, like what they did with Anthrax and stuff like that, then this uh, track doesn't really veer too far from that kind of style, in my opinion. I think it's very heavy uh, in its message and in its music. So I think it's also a great note to go out on in a particular episode. So check it out and make sure you blast this one really loudly because it deserves it. Nothing less will do. So from Apocalypse 91 by Public Enemy, this is Shut Em Down.
Closing off the show here tonight, that was Public Enemy from the Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black record right there. That was Shut Em Down. Shut Em, Shut Em Down. All right, yes. And, you know, as high as that one ranked in my top albums of 1991, it is not the highest ranking rap and hip-hop album of 1991, so we'll have one more to play in the top 10 albums of 1991 countdown. There's my teaser. So join me, won't you? I'm going to have that episode up within like a day or two. I've got a lot of these list episodes to burn through before the end of the year. I got really behind due to professional reasons, not podcast related, but I promise I will deliver the goods here and I appreciate anybody who's still listening. You are a friend of mine. Everything else, I'm going to send you over here to my better half, Nola, with the plugs and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is C njradio.com You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Strickel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.